0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 127 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com.
2: On today's show, we tackle the high cost of small animal veterinary medicine. The breed of the show is the Papillon. In Critter Nutrition, we focus on medicinal mushrooms for horses and dogs. And in Coffee Clutch, we match famous musicians with their perfect pet. Listen in.
3: I'm Tigger, I'm Patty, and I'm Coach Jen. I'm here to direct this here circus. And thanks for tuning in to Healthy Critters Radio once again, where we get to sit down and geek out on all things healthy critter and critter.
2: And
3: yes, critter. we yeah we deal with healthy attitudes, healthy personalities, mm-hmm. healthy bodies, and a little bit of mm-hmm. craziness. So th- oh,
2: have to have the crazy,
3: have to have the craziness. And at this point <laughs> oh, in the show, each and every time we have a little chit chat just to get. Kind of get warmed up, get the vocal cords warmed up. And this time around, it was Patty's turn to choose the topic. And it's usually a topic that's just at the forefront of our little brain the moment we sit yep. down and record the show and go, Oh my God, we gotta do have something on the chit chat. So what's at the forefront yeah. of your brain right now, Patty? Well, hair. <laughs> I like hair.
2: Give me a head with hair.
1: Well it, it's funny. Um so you know and this is just the t- you know i i train horses for a living i'm a trainer so every day of my life i'm surrounded by dogs and horses and i have my baby horse i didn't clip this year not that i clipped him last year but but i him and an older horse i didn't clip them and you know we still i'm in uh, weatherford texas and there's we have seasons here but it it's the winter doesn't last long but it does get cold i have you know but our horses are just shedding a lot crazy and it's, you know, the days are definitely getting longer. So that's part of it, but it sort of took me by surprise this year because I have two horses that aren't clipped and lots of hair. And I was just wondering what you guys, you know, what some of your, I've seen so many cool things like on Facebook ads and, you know, shedding and blades. And I, you know, I'm, I'm from the old, old school of, you know, I like to curry it out. And I don't know if you, you guys remember those leather hand that had little leather handles, but it was like a, a,
2: of course. a metal Yes.
1: Oh, my gosh. I love them. But they weren't great for sensitive horses. But that's, I mean, I, I still have one of those. And then you could loop it back through its little handle thing. Do you remember that, Tigger? Yes, like
2: I you could, do. Was, Yes, oh, I, I do. Love, I love it.
1: So,
3: okay, Jen, you are do you deal with hair? Yes. And this year, this is the first time I did not clip either of our horses over the winter. Usually they get clipped okay. scooter because he is closely related to the grizzly bear and lives in Florida. Mm -hmm. So he usually gets clipped and yeah, he's a yak and Nigel, the thoroughbred usually gets clipped because in the winter time he gets worked hard enough that his winter coat is just uh, tough to deal with. So I clip him Mm -hmm. not this year. COVID just changed everything. (laughs) Yeah. And if you're listening to this show in 2025, just type in COVID (laughs) in the search bar and you'll know what we're talking about. So neither got clipped and I was actually, Scooter, the pony, he's a hackney pony, is actually starting to shed out already. And generally speaking, he holds onto his hair pretty long, and he is starting Mm. to shed already. So, not in giant amounts, which is good because it's been unusually chilly here. Yeah, they're starting to shed the both of them. Yeah, there's hair flying. So, what
1: do you? So, what do you do? Like, what do you? What I mean, do you curry? Um, Do you bathe? What's your? What's your go to?
3: My go to, it like you back in the day I was in love with the old school shedding blade but I have moved mm. on and actually I just today how about that is that coincident mm. or what <laughs> ordered two new curry combs kay. from Epona. and one of them you know the uh the hair brushes you can get for ladies with really thick hair that have a kind of a rubbery base to it and then the fingers stick out the little the oh, yeah. the It's like a hairbrush. Yeah. yeah. Well, Epona makes that, except it's in the shape of a curry comb. It's in that uh, that oval shape. But it's got wooden teeth on it. So it's got wooden, sturdy teeth that are slippery enough for the hair to fall out to clean the brush, but they're in a rubberized base so they can form to the nooks and crannies of the horse. I just ordered one of those and I'm very, very excited about that because this past couple of weeks... Since the shedding started, I just because it was available and there, I grabbed one of the horse's hair brushes, which are like a lady's hairbrush. It's got the teeth and they're kind of flexible. Mm-hmm. And I just zinged over Nigel really quick with it one day because I needed to get the dirt off of him in a hurry. And I went, I looked at it and went, hey, that works hey. pretty good. <laughs> yeah (laughs) that was impossible to get the hair back out of it it because it wasn't designed for that but i'm kind of liking the whole brush thing it's called epona makes it makes one and it's called the wood curry brush there you go yeah yeah i just looked it up and it's really kind of it's really cool it looks like a little porcupine it does porcupine is a perfect description it's a porcupine curry okay
1: yeah that is super cool okay cool okay that so so you're 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 definitely thumbs up on that
3: yeah i'm a curry gal Yeah. yeah
1: All right, Tiggs, I know you don't have to generally do anything with your guys. Well, because they're nope. all, the, the, they're the field. But back in the day, what was your go-to mm-hmm. besides clipping? That was always my go-to. I, was, I I just clip. Yeah.
2: Clip or just let them shut out and roll on the ground and rub up against trees and use a shedding blade if I was really like. Right. Yeah. But, you know, the horses that I didn't clip, I wasn't riding. So. Right. It just wasn't that big a deal. But, the you know, if if I was going to work a horse, it was going to be clipped.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's why it was unusual for me this year that I didn't do these two. And it was just for whatever reason. But I wonder if they even still make those metal blades that we used to. I don't even know what they would be be called, the ones that we used back in the day. The shedding blade? Yeah, shedding blade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. So if any of our listeners have any great ideas for shedding or uh, things that they use, let us know on our Facebook page, Healthy Critters Radio.
3: There we go.
2: So here we are at Roundtable, and we're going to discuss the high cost of small animal veterinary medicine. And I say this partly prompted by a post Jen had on Facebook several weeks ago. Um, and that I just recently got a vet bill f- for kind of the same thing, which was to do a culture. Mm. And it was just under $300. <gasps> oh, my God. And I Go went, ahead. what? Are you kidding me? I mean, it's n- not a biopsy, just a culture, a tissue culture. So of course you know I paid it and then I started asking myself, well you know what do, what does somebody do who maybe is out of work? What does somebody mm-hmm. do that um, you know is living on a fixed income? and yeah. so it's it's it, i'm i'm opening it up for the broader question so i started you know looking up for some articles and about why veterinary veterinary medicine in small animal has gone up 40 50% since like even 2008 2009 big jump and In the articles that I read, some of this is due to the debt load that veterinary uh, schools put on veterinary students.
3: Yeah, vet school is just crazy, stupid, expensive. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've got vets graduating from vet school, going into practice, and they've got this huge debt. You know, $100,000 or more. So... That's part of it. Um, Some of the recent modalities, you know, some vet clinics have CAT scans and, you know, that's that equipment is expensive and it's expensive to maintain. But it's very interesting to me, the rise in the the, what we're charged for small animal care.
3: So those are factors. There's there's factors, of course. So let me let me. So you have the cost of doing business, which is the ability to earn enough because you have to pay back your debts. Yeah, you have to pay your employees because there are fifty million employees in any given practice now. Then you have to pay for the facility.
2: Yep, rent and rent, space and et cetera. Electric, mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Um, but then it, it's it's much harder to find information on what things actually cost for small animal veterinary. Mm -hmm. supplies versus horses because you can't do anything yourself for small animal veterinary. You can't give your own shots. There's, there's not a lot you can do at least in my experience. There's other people maybe out there who have a very different experience versus with horses because they're considered livestock. A great many people can take care of a great Mm -hmm. many things that are required annual regular things themselves. Yeah, happens all the time. And I think that yep. might be some, one of the factors in that you've got
2: That's a very good point.
3: You've you've kind of got a a captive audience. What are you going to do? Your dog has to get the vaccine. If the yep. veterinarian um puts a markup of 500% on that v- vaccine, what other option do you have? Right. You don't. Mm-hmm. Versus large animal, a lot of things, the market keeps those prices much lower, because mm-hmm. if the vet puts a giant markup it on it, you can get it yourself. Right. right? Yeah. And yeah. I, so I think that is one of the significant factors. I just looked it up, and a vaccine that retails, this is a retail operation, for $16 cost me 40 at the vet. So that's a significant markup. Significant. but that vet also has to pay for the facility and the right. fifteen different that's vet techs that, that are there, exactly. and the receptionist yep. and the online system for payment and the online system for setting an appointment. all that stuff costs money.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: What you know, I was what I wanted to to correlate with this rise in uh, cost of taking care of a small animal is the rise in uh, insurance. So a lot of vet clinics sell um, or advise or you can fill out a form to get pet insurance.
3: Yes, health insurance for your that's, pet. That's that, all that's the rage the now, of- yes. Mm-hmm.
2: And that that health insurance for pets is just exploding.
3: Well, that yeah, that's what
1: I was going to say is that, that I know a lot of people are doing that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and to, it's been a good thing.
2: Yeah, I think it certainly is good for catastrophic. You know, if your dog gets hit by a car, or has to have you know surgery. I mean, just just to do a cruciate ligament is like three grand.
0: Four.
1: Oh, I know. Yeah,
2: but there are also some you know tricky parts to pet insurance. Um. I, I would really like to see the small animal vet um, industry kind of put their heads together because somebody who's on a fixed income isn't going to be able to afford $500 a year in insurance on their-
3: Yeah, and, it's, you know, and, it's, and you're going to spend $500 old. a year on annual vaccines. You're going to spend $500 on the, yeah. the vaccines on the, and the checkup. And by yeah. the time the dog is five years old, they're going to insist on various and sundry tests- So you're going to spend five hundred dollars a year, regardless.
2: Yes. Yeah.
3: And that's a lot of money for a lot of people.
2: A lot.
3: Yeah.
2: And so now we have their the beloved pet that is going to suffer more health issues. And I there was a an article that I read when I was sort of researching this, and I think it was in Texas. That a group of veterinarians got together and decided to host a, you know, like really low-cost spay-neuter. And, which is great. But the other veterinarians in the area got mad at them. Because they felt that they were taking away their income.
3: Yeah, probably not. I don't Um, suspect that someone who goes who is a regular client at a vet clinic not someone who goes to the vet because the animal has an issue that needs to be taken care of now but somebody who's a regular client at the vet they get their dog checked out every year yep. they go through all those things that the veterinary association recommends that client is a lot less likely to go to something like that because he's looking for the right. service
2: yeah.
1: exactly that's a really that's a really good point
3: I think you're looking at two different kinds of customer there and the dog we have now, Pickles, is the first one we've had that we take have taken to the vet, to a clinic with a veterinarian and a receptionist and the whole schmagega for vaccines because we had to get it done then and there and now because we were in, the, in a time crunch. All of our other dogs, we always took to the low-cost um, vaccine clinics that they have pet stores and tax shops and agricultural stores of all sorts. They have them everywhere. And that's yeah. where we would take our dogs for their vaccines. Cause instead of spending $350 on the vaccines, we could spend $75 on our vaccines. Big difference. Big difference. And big you know, that money can sit in an account and be used when the dog decides to consume a work glove, which is something our dog did.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Yeah.
3: So, you know, it's, There is a, there's a, and I, and I think cultural pressures are enormous nowadays, and social media adds to that. There is a finite, there's a finite amount of money to spend. Right. Not everybody can say, Oh gosh, my dog has a torn cruciate ligament. $3,000 is a lot of money. Oh, just put it on a credit card. That is not an option for everybody.
2: Nope. 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 It is not. And (laughs) and there, there, you know, I want to address the cultural pressure because it, at least where i am in virginia if you have to go to the emergency vet if you don't have a regular vet they'll still treat you but they treat you with a i'm not even going to say it's disdain but it's a guilt
3: oh you know? that's terrible
2: and it, but it's not overt yeah it's like, What do you mean you don't have a regular veterinarian?
3: Yeah, you're right. It's very subtle. You're right.
2: As somebody who observed it. Yeah. In an emergency vet. And I felt terrible. It was an old couple with their old poodle. And, you know, they weren't, they couldn't remember when the vaccinations were done. And, you know, they, I think Mm -hmm. they went to tractor supply, you know, and had it on a tractor supply you know, rabies vaccine day. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it, it was awful to watch and I don't think the veterinary small animal veterinary group used to be this, um, oh, you have to bring your dog in every year for a happy dog check. That just didn't used to be the norm.
1: No, I agree. Yeah.
2: You just brought your dog in for a vaccination and that was it. And, It was much more laid back and much less, um, well, you have to bring your dog in or you're not a good dog owner, uh, Yeah, which is what they're kind of saying.
3: There's a lot of that being sold to us as pet owners.
2: Yes. 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 Yes.
3: Now, and it's very interesting you, you say that because when we first got Pickles, Pickles did get to go to the emergency vet on a weekend on a sunday night first yeah first time we ever had to do that that was fun too um and we went to the university of florida emergency vet because it's right down the street it's what's local here and i must say my experience was very positive in that everybody i came in contact with was extremely helpful very upbeat very pleasant we had just gotten her we didn't know all I had was like a piece of paper that said she got these shots when she got fixed. I really didn't know much about her, and we didn't have a regular vet. We'd gotten her like three days before that, Ugh. and they were very supportive. In that, I I appeared pretty clueless, um, and the and five dogs got checked in. Well, four dogs and a cat got checked in in the forty five minutes I was there. It was a very busy night, and universally, they were very. I'm looking for the right word they were very pleasant it was it wasn't it didn't feel judgy. It didn't feel like because I've I can totally f- see that conversation going on in my head that that you witnessed They were not judgy, but I have not had that same experience when I go to regular vet clinics because if you don't get the fr- when you when they offer do you want fries with that and you say no thank you there's a very oh, much an yeah. underlying oh hole. Yeah. what do you mean you don't oh, yeah. want that yeah. yeah
2: if you don't want all the vaccinations yeah if you don't want all the meds, it, meaning you know, I. Um, if you don't, we sell heartworm, and you know, when you have Aussies, you're very careful with ivermectin. Yeah, you don't want to be giving that, and so you know. And what are you using for heartworm? And I always feel like it's really none of your business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my 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 reaction. Yeah, because I realize that heartworm medicine, particularly, is a big money maker. Yes, you walk mm-hmm. in for your, you know, and you get your your monthly, or you show up every month and you pick up your prescription for it or whatever. Yeah, and that's a that's a money maker.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, because as we know, as horse people, ivermectin is a very, very inexpensive drug.
2: You're very right. expensive three
3: three dollars and 99 cents for enough to do a horse so for what a dog would get it was yeah. probably 15 cents you know but you're right the, the flea and tick products and oh the heartworm products God. big big yeah. bucks sure
2: and the scare factor yes you know I, and that that uh-huh. i really and i a couple of times and not with my 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 now new vet but, I've been with other vets that, you know, what what are you feeding? I do I feed raw or I feed comb cooked. And it's like th- then now they're trying to give me a lecture, yeah, you know, why I need to be on Royal yeah. Canin kibble. yeah instead um, of instead of just honoring my choice as an owner and, and I will say as an educated owner, yes, right.
3: They didn't they didn't take the time to nope. develop a relationship because you feeding a raw or home cooked diet is going to have a very different result than me doing it <laughs> right. <I'm sorry>. but <laughs> as the veterinarian see they because they use the at least the american version of human medicine they use the same model you actually yeah. see the veterinarian your dog actually sees the veterinarian or your cat for about 15 seconds yeah therefore there's no relationship therefore yeah. it's all Prepackaged, one size fits all. We ask these questions. We tick, we tick the boxes. Next, yeah,
2: yeah. The 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 vet that I vet practice that I left to go to this new vet on my third or fourth Aussie puppy, and and I've been a regular client. Right, this is like my fourth puppy. The vet walks in and starts giving me her standard new puppy owner lecture. Wow. Are you kidding me? She goes, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, And there's always that patronizing element, like we know more than you. I get it that you went to vet school and I absolutely value that. And I need your expertise, but I am not an idiot.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so my, my um, message to all small animal uh, veterinarians is um, I, I really appreciate what you know and the lives that you can save. But I do think that the small animal veterinary industry needs to address the problems of animals that are dearly loved by mm-hmm. those who are unemployed or on a fixed income senior citizens, because these are, these are part of the family right. and yep. we could, they could live longer and their humans could be, could deal with stress better if their animals are healthier and we need a way to do that.
3: Yeah. Amen. Well, and we need a, we need a way to respect the client.
2: Yeah. Big time.
3: Because it's not, it's not yep. just that it, the amount of stress involved, you know, a f- a young couple who has a dog, they've got themselves a little golden doodle and 2.5 children. Yeah. Again, the pressure of, I go in for my dog's annual mm-hmm. setup. Do, does that Does that family really need to spend $350 or $1,500 or whatever it is? No. Or, or is that just add ons that a dog could be perfectly happy and healthy without but it helps to pad your bottom line, either because you want to or you mm-hmm. need to. Sometimes you maybe need to pad the bottom line of the vet clinic. I yes. don't know. But well, re-examine, re-examine your your motives a little bit. And mm. and
2: maybe we need to take it even further back to the vet schools. Yeah. If you're charging these, putting these vets into such serious debt, yeah, then you're contributing to the problem.
3: Good point. Oh, absolutely. Good point deep, tough stuff, (laughs) deep, tough stuff. I think, you know, after a a deep and tough and difficult conversation like that, we need to talk to a talking Pomeranian.
2: Oh, absolutely. It's time for Hello.
4: Hi, (laughs) Hetty. Hello, everyone. Is everyone well? Are we all feeling good about life?
0: (laughs) Absolutely.
4: (laughs) You don't know how funny that
3: statement is. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
4: I do, probably, but okay. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Well, I wanted to ask you from your point of view what it's been Mm -hmm. like to host a camp for two Australian shepherds at your farm?
4: Well, I mean, it is a great reflection of my generosity, I think, that I have permitted this. Um, One thing to consider is that I do love Sobby. You know, I've loved him a very long time. He's an excellent friend, and I'm always very proud to see my knight and to celebrate his extreme acuteness. Um, So that's no problem. Keen is, you know, young and disobedient, but... I think in time he could grow to be a better dog. For example, he's tall and could be used to bring me things that I can't reach. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Which I trained Zabi to do relatively quickly. Yes, you if did. You'll remember? So I, I feel there's some hope for the young lad. You know, I mean. <laughs> I also appreciate that he's much less of a jerk than he used to be. He does not chase small dogs anymore. And he's playing very nicely with my sister, Peace Blossom. He follows her around, but he does not chase her or assault her. So for an Australian Shepherd, that's pretty good. You know, we have low expectations.
2: Um, Would you like to have uh, an Australian Shepherd join your pack?
4: No, thank you. We're good.
2: Hmm. Uh, why not?
4: We prefer short dogs here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our human is disturbingly large, and so it's best that the dogs be properly sized as a model for her.
2: Oh, stop! She's so not going to shrink, big. Edwig. I mean, she's tall, but, you know, just because you're little doesn't mean she's going to shrink to your size.
4: Well, I'll have you know that my sister Mustard Seed does request that she smallen every day. And she refuses so far, but Mustard Seed is pretty convincing. So I'm pretty sure smallening is in the offing at some point. (laughs) I mean, you would smallen if Mustard Seed told you to. Ah, She is formidable. Short, very short, even smaller than me.
2: On behalf of uh, the two Australian shepherds who have been going to your farm for some camp days, um, I'm very grateful to your hospitality, and you haven't been mean to them, and I I thank you, Hedwig, because they've really enjoyed it.
4: I'm like a little ambassador, aren't I?
2: <laughs> yes, I guess one could say that. Yes.
3: My goodwill is
2: extraordinary. It's extraordinary.
3: I'm so, so many good things good. about you that are extraordinary, Hedwig. Thank you very much for spending a little time with us this evening.
2: Have a lovely evening, people. I hope
3: Bye, for you all. You. <laughs> and now it's time for the breed of the show.
1: So we are at the breed of the show portion, our time, and I have chosen to do it on the Papillon. Um, I just think they're the cutest little uh, dogs. I've never had one. I probably will never have one only because they're very small, but they're super, super, super cute. Um, they're known as the butterfly-eared dog. Uh, that's, I guess, what it translates to in French. Um And they're um, a a smaller dog. They measure up to about 8 to 11 inches at the shoulder, can weigh up to about 10 pounds. So they really are quite small. But they kind of have an interesting history. Um, They were bred to be um, charming and attentive companions for noble women. (laughs) And they appear in uh, tons of portraits of queens and princesses. And there's, and I have no idea if this is true, but this is just one of the things that I read that, so Marie Antoinette loved Papillon. So that was that, that for sure I know is a thing, but it is said that she was clutching her Papillon pup on her way to the guillotine. Now, if that's true or not, I don't know. Not that the, that the pup went with her, but, um, but, but apparently that's a thing. So they are known as one of the top 10 smartest dogs. For um for trainability and just overall smartness, they have a very very good temperament, friendly, um, adventurous. Generally, uh, they're neither shy or aggressive, and they're very good with other pets. They make wonderful family dogs. But because they're smart, like any other dog, it always does. You always do better by socializing and doing a lot of training. And because because of their intelligence, they're they're fairly easy to train. But keep in mind, if if you Get one. And you don't train it, then they're going to train themselves, <laughs> and that could be a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like something I believe Hetty has done, but I'm I'm not saying. Yeah, that. I'm just <laughs> just just going to put that out there. They come in a variety of different colors. I'm just going to name a couple of them, but they come in like white and black, white and lemon, white black and tan, and the list kind of goes on and on and on. They also make an excellent watchdog. They're good at alerting anything new in their environment. So that's a good thing, but that also means that they can bark. So something to keep in mind there, <laughs> just, just keep that in mind. Remember they're smart. I did not know that they were in the top 10 of um, intelligence. I thought that was kind of I an did interesting. Either. Thing. Yeah. But apparently, I mean, they're, you know, you can kind of train them to do anything, but they are, they are, you know, high energy, but, but they do snuggle, but, they're, they're good snugglers and they love to be with their person, but they do need to have, um, exercise. And, um, all of the reading I did said that really just, just playing with them or, you know, throwing a toy for a little bit is enough to kind of get them back. It's not like you have to like my Aussies, I have to run all the time, but these guys, apparently if you just play with them just a little bit, they're great to sit on your lap. And, um, and, Honestly, it sounds like they're just such smart little dogs, and they can be taught tons of different things you can do, keeping in mind that they're small, but you can do agility with them. You can do obedience with them. Um, and, of course, they can just be a perfect uh, family pet. Um, other kids and other, other animals they're good with as well. Um, but I think they sound like good, small um,
3: watchdogs. <laughs> small watchdogs. <laughs> <laughs> I've... Every once in a while on the TV, I will tune into a um, agility, dog dog agility, uh, and in mm, the teeny uh, tiny category, you'll see Papayons, and apparently they do really, really well at teeny tiny dog agility. So I always thought the Papayon was a cool dog because it's the teeny tiny, but for me at least, it it lacks the teeny tiny obnoxious, I can't do anything but sit, bark, and pee on the carpet thing. They can do stuff. like a Pomeranian? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't say that. Oh, my gosh. I hope heavy does listen
1: to the show. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. <laughs> no, I think that they, I think they're not like, I don't think they're yappy little dogs. I think that, that because they're so smart and can be trained, they're not like, a, they're a toy breed, but they're not like a toy breed because they, they come from spaniels. so... Um, I didn't know that. Which are just, you know, soft and cute. But I think they're a great, I think it sounds like they'd be a really great dog. It just as long as you do a little bit of training with it and kind of direct it to sit on your lap.
2: I <laughs> remember watching the Papillon that won Westminster. I don't know, oh, maybe this was, was 10 years ago. ago or five yeah, okay. years ago or eight years ago. And his name was Something Something Supernatural. And oh, he,
3: well.
2: he strutted. And moved, and he had so much expression in those wonderful butterfly ears. I thought, now that is yeah. that is a that's really a, cool dog. A dog.
1: Oh, that's funny. Yep, that, I remember that dog because I think it was a tricolored. I think it was.
2: Yes, it was
1: either yes. black and white or black. And white, but yeah, but sounds like they're a good they're a good family dog. So something to consider. <laughs>
2: And today in Critter Nutrition, we're going to talk about medicinal mushrooms for dogs and horses. I've written a very lengthy article about it. You can find it on biostarus.com. So I'm just going to read you some excerpts to give you a little foundation of what to look for when you're shopping or reading labels on medicinal mushrooms. Medicinal mushrooms have thousands of years of use as therapeutic foods in traditional Chinese medicine, as well as in ancient Greece and Egypt. Now they become increasingly popular in the U.S. for therapeutic use with humans and animals. But with so many companies now including medicinal mushrooms in their supplements or as standalone products, it can be difficult for a consumer to distinguish which is the best choice for my horse or dog. Powder or extract. In traditional Chinese medicine, mushrooms were ground and made into teas or whole mushrooms were boiled to extract the medicinal components. With the exception of reishi, reserved only for emperors, mushrooms were regularly eaten with rice and grains. The medicinal applications of mushrooms were teas and extracts. Based on the long history of mushrooms in traditional Chinese medicine, mushroom powders are an excellent choice for support, and extracts are best given for therapeutic applications. Water extracts, alcohol extracts, dual extracts. Water extracts of medicinal mushrooms are prepared with a very traditional Chinese process that requires hot water for extracting the water-soluble compounds of the mushroom, such as the beta-glucans. Other compounds, like the triterpenines in reishi and shaga mushrooms, are not water-soluble, requiring extraction via alcohol. Dual extraction includes a hot water extraction and an alcohol extraction to ensure that both water-soluble and non-water-soluble compounds are collected. The benefit of extraction is that the compounds in medicinal mushrooms are now concentrated from 4 to 15 times depending on which medicinal mushroom is used. Extracts are typically dosed lower than powders due to their increased potency. So far, most of the clinical studies demonstrating health benefits have been conducted with extracts, not powders. Where do mushrooms and supplements come from? China is responsible for 70% of the world's medicinal mushroom production. In 1983, Japan accounted for 82% of the world's production of shiitake. Today, China accounts for 89% of shiitake production, and Japan's share has dwindled to 73 While China has a millennial of experience and expertise in mushroom cultivation and extraction, there are issues with pollution, heavy metals, pesticide residue, depending on the region and variety of mushroom grown. This does not mean a consumer should automatically rule out from China, as most of the highest quality medicinal mushrooms are grown there. There are companies in North America that are growing medicinal mushrooms, but some of these medicinal mushrooms are labeled myceliated grain, which is more grain than mushroom. Mushroom substrates, which are the organic material for the spores to grow on, can be straw, sawdust, oats, rice, and other grains. There is an ongoing dispute among medicinal mushroom companies about which substrate is best. It's clear from the scientific analysis of various mushrooms grown on different substrates that wood is a superior substrate for mushrooms. Wood-grown medicinal mushrooms have measurable active compounds which determine mushroom quality. It makes sense a dog would eat mushrooms, but horses? While well, none of us can imagine our horses wandering over to munch on some button mushrooms in the pasture, the fact is a mushroom is a fungus. And horses on pasture are consuming fungi all the time, just as they are other soil microorganisms. Fungi and bacteria play important roles in the soil web, helping to deliver nutrients to the roots of plants, as well as digesting the hard-to-break-down soil organics, you know, plant matter like lignin and sugars. Apparently, 80 to 90% of all plants form symbiotic fungi relationships. Fungi prefer perennial plants, such as grasses and legumes, that make up our hay and forages. So providing medicinal mushrooms to horses when needed is a kind of synergy in the complex natural world. Sourcing Biostar's mushrooms. Biostar has partnered with a small family company that specializes in dual-extract medicinal mushrooms. This small batch approach, carefully prepared by hand, ensures vigorous quality control by people who love medicinal mushrooms. The mushrooms are USDA-certified organic. Our mushrooms are grown in China on wood substrates, logs, which are the best substrates to ensure high content of active mushroom compounds, such as the beta glucans, the triterpenoids, and ergosterol. The high content of these compounds also demonstrates low starch content, which is especially important for horses with metabolic issues.
0: Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why BioStar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs.
2: So now we've arrived at Coffee Clatch, and I thought it would be fun, entertaining, um, and a lot of laughs to match <laughs> famous musicians with their, what we think it would be their perfect pet. The musicians we've chosen are Snoop Dogg, Bob Dylan, Katy Perry, Beyonce, and Billy Idol. So, you know, a wide variety <laughs> of, of musicians which hopefully will show a wide variety of the kind of uh, pets we think they should have. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'll start start with what, who I have for Snoop Dogg. Um, when I was thinking about him, I was imagining a, a chinchilla and a ferret. I figured wow. a, a chinchilla could be in his pocket and <laughs> a ferret <laughs> could be around his neck. Oh, and gosh. I could just see him like strolling around with this ferret on his neck like a collar. So what did you have, Patty?
1: Well, I I went dog. I went all dog. Uh, oh. And I,
3: yeah, I just put um, pincher.
1: I'm just going to leave the table. Oh, my gosh.
3: And, <laughs> that's ideal. Oh, my gosh. And if you are not familiar with pincher, it's A-F-F is how you begin the pincher. Yeah. The rest of it is kind of how it sounds. Look it up, and you will understand why we're all laughing right now.
2: Little lion yeah. dogs. Yeah,
3: oh, yeah. that's awesome, Jennifer. I I went with a uh, hedgehog.
2: Ah, so you were in the exotic. Category. I was on the
3: and hey, Snoop Dogg.
2: Sort of like my my uh, chinchilla.
3: Yes, he he's he's both prickly and cuddly at the same time.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah. Huh? Huh? There we go. All right, for Bob Dylan. <laughs> I went with a dog. I went with Bloodhound and Coonhound because I figured oh, he fun. would appreciate their voices. Oh, interesting! Ah. Ah. interesting. Okay. Patty,
1: I again I went all dogs. I mean, with all of them because that's um, I. I have three different ones that um that I could uh, go with, and I went with a poolie.
2: <laughs> wow.
1: Um, yeah, just because I. I I don't know. I just thought it's such an odd dog, <laughs> um, but uh, or a uh, Spanish water dog or a Swedish Valhund. <laughs> wow! Yeah, I know it's a little. It's actually it's it quite a place,
2: but It
1: is, but I just felt like that. Um, that's what what spoke to me,
2: Jennifer. That's
3: funny. I had to look up pictures of Bob Dylan to get an idea. <laughs> And his eye, his face, his facial expression in its totalness. I came up with a Highland cow. Oh, oh. what? Oh, do they have the hair? Yes. Oh, I love them. It's the hariku. Yes. It's well, the that's, hariku. That, that's perfect. And yeah, just the sad kind of eyes and the kind of, Kind of saggy cheeks and crazy hair
2: oh my God yeah. they're the hippie cows they're the hippie cows and they and they and they
3: completely own it they do not apologize yeah. for their oh, hippies no
2: no that's perfect <laughs> I love it yeah okay Katy Perry <laughs> I had either a Himalayan cat or a ragamuffin cat oh.
1: Not a ragamuffin, not a rag doll.
2: Oh, I think Sorry. I mean a rag doll.
1: <laughs> well ragamuffin and doll they're they're kind of similar, so
3: she is our breed of show expert. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> okay, I just similar. feel she's very cat ish and I don't think she would mind the long hair. <laughs> 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 okay, that's funny. Patty?
1: Um, I had a, well, I, 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 did go with one cat, but I also have dogs. So I'm first of all, the dogs I'm going to do is Afghan Afghan hound. I just
2: thought that was, oh, that yeah. Yeah. yes,
3: yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. Or a hairless, cat. <laughs>
2: a hairless cat. Oh, I don't see that at all.
3: <laughs>
5: yeah, no, I totally see that. <laughs> of course you do. I just, yeah. Jennifer. Oh
3: my goodness. For Katy Perry, I went with a uh, pair of raccoons. <laughs> oh, not one, a pair.
2: You know, I thought about a raccoon, but then I thought she probably would not uh, appreciate their antics, meaning their destruction. So hmm. that's why I didn't go with raccoons.
3: Oh, they would—they would have an outdoor play. Yard. Oh, I see. They, you I know see. how they, they have the, um, the playground equipment for small children? They would have a raccoon version of that. It would be all the latest and greatest. It would have little swings and little parallel bars and little merry-go-round, all for raccoons.
2: Oh, I would like to be there. <laughs> yes, I want to be her raccoon. Okay, Beyonce. I had a Shih Tzu or a Yorkie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Patty, what did you have?
1: So the ones I chose is because I feel like they are substantial dogs, but good looking and very athletic. So I went with an Akita or a Bouvier de Ooh,
3: That's one of my favorite dogs. I love yeah. those.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Boy, we went for yeah. a different scale. I went for little, and you went for big.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know why. I, cause I just was thinking something that is attractive, but athletic.
2: Yeah. Interesting.
1: I actually leaned over towards the Akita, I'm just saying. <laughs>
2: Jennifer?
3: So for Beyonce, I went a very different direction. Ah. Beyonce has Lovebirds. Oh, she does? Yes. No, that's what she has in my little world.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember how this started? Yeah.
3: Because lovebirds, I learned this when I worked for a large pet store chain, that lovebirds are beautiful and elegant, but they're also very, very smart. And very, very strong when they bite down on your finger. Ow. Yes. So that just made me think of Beyonce. She's gorgeous and beautiful. It's like, isn't she pretty? But hiding beneath all that, isn't she pretty? Is like, don't you cross me or I bite your finger off. (laughs) And I'm way smarter than you think. So I'm going to watch you open that cage door three or four times. And I'm going to figure it out for myself. And I'm not going to be in
2: here when you come home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect Yeah
1: Yeah that yeah, that's a good one
2: Okay our last one is Billy Idol And I went with a sugar glider Or a ca- Capuchin monkey
1: <laughs> Oh yeah my, my, That's good
2: <gasps> Oh my that's
1: funny Or even a spider monkey Would be good <laughs> Yeah, <sighs> yeah. That's good. Patty? Yeah. Um, again, I stayed in the dog thing. Um, I went with uh, an American leopard hound.
2: <laughs> oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, because, you know, the thing is, is that they, again, athletic looking, streamlined. Um, they're, they're attractive, question mark.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> attractive is a relative word. Yes. Yes,
1: it is. Yeah. I mean, they're attractive question mark so there you go jennifer
3: ring-tailed lemur
2: oh we were right in the same (laughs) same family sugar glider lemur yeah monkey yeah
3: Yeah, we're all very similar there
2: i I think he would definitely be in the exotic realm exotic
3: attractive question mark yeah
2: and kind of cool
3: kind of cool it's like ooh, cool Yeah.
2: yeah yeah exactly May I introduce you to my lemur? Yes, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: my god, Larry! That's funny. Yeah, and, and I love that because you would never introduce that pet as "Let me introduce you to Larry the lemur." No, it's always "Let me introduce you to my lemur, Larry." <laughs> yes, <Yeah, that's> exactly. <laughs> has that's to be right, that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Thank you for the laugh. Oh you're
2: welcome. Yeah. Uh if you have any suggestions for these celebrities, you can send us a postcard. BioStar US, 1 Cleveland Street, Gordonsville, Virginia 22942.
5: Thanks for listening everyone and thanks to our sponsor BioStar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio
2: Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details
5: about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon.